Thanks for checking out the weekly sermon from Church of the Resurrection. We pray that God will use this message to speak to you and help you grow in your faith journey. We'd like to invite you to join us next week at one of our services, whether in live worship online at court.org live or in person at one of our locations in the Kansas City area. Church of the Resurrection is one church in multiple locations. To learn more about our service times and ministries, please visit Cora.org. We hope you enjoy this message. As we continue in worship, I invite you to hear these words of scripture. Our first passage today is from Matthew chapter 13. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his fields. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. And from Matthew chapter seven, do not judge so that you may not be judged. For the judgment you give will be the judgment you get, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of scripture. In just three years of public ministry, Jesus managed to change the world. Much of Jesus' ministry centered upon his preaching and teaching to the masses. And when he did this, he almost always taught by telling these incredible stories. Stories have power. Stories spark emotion. Stories inspire us to change our hearts and our minds. Jesus was a masterful storyteller. And just as they did back then, these incredible stories continue to transform us today. My name is Cheryl Jefferson Bell, and I serve as pastor of community justice here at Resurrection. And I'm so excited to be able to share with you today what God has placed on my heart. We are continuing in our series about parables, and we're going to begin by exploring a couple of the concepts of the kingdom of heaven. And then we'll look at a common characteristic of us humans and hopefully choose to do what Jesus says, to not judge. My sermon title is Too Much Judging and Not Enough Loving. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we ask for your spirit to be present in this place with us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. Hide me behind your cross, O oh God, and may others hear your voice. We ask and pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said together, amen and amen. Now, Jesus wanted folks to know and understand about the kingdom of heaven our two concepts are explained in the parable of the mustard seed and yeast. The first parable about the mustard seed contrasts how a very small seed grows to a large tree. That is how God's community of faith started out. 
the unusual and unexpected growth was and is something to behold. Who would have imagined that when Jesus came on the scene, that the movement would still be alive and growing today? And I can't help but remember how Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there also. And when you have Jesus on your side, there is no stopping you. And the second parable about yeast, where a woman is viewed as an agent of the kingdom. Jesus was constantly breaking norms in his ministry. And we also see that a small amount of yeast makes a big impact in spite of its small beginnings. So as a side note and confession, it's interesting that these two parables reflect two areas that are not my strong suits, gardening and baking. Growing up in Detroit, I never had an interest in gardening or growing anything. I tried after I became an adult, but I learned that I have a black thumb, literally and figuratively. Although I don't do it on purpose, I kill plants and flowers and trees. I've teased my father, who does have a green thumb, that he didn't pass that on to me. And with baking, I like eating baked things, but I'm not interested in making them. I actually have to do research about yeast. I really didn't know about it. So I asked my daughter about it because she's studying to be a chef and specializing in desserts. And I also asked some colleagues about it who shared with me about their experiences with yeast and when dough was placed on top of a refrigerator for it to rise and it overflowed. I learned that leaven or yeast is a living agent that causes flour to rise so it can be baked into bread. Imagine, Jesus knew about it, but Cheryl did. So as I thought about these parables about the kingdom of heaven, I used my sanctified imagination and thought about how Jesus is that seed planted by God, how Jesus came as a baby, and raised by Mary and Joseph, baptized by John, endured temptations from Satan, and embarked on a life and death journey to build the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is our source, our lifeline, our rock and our salvation. And the yeast that helps the kingdom to grow is the spirit of God. From Luke, we learn how Jesus' ministry started in Galilee, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and how reports about Jesus spread throughout the country, and how he began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. But when Jesus went home to Nazareth, things changed. When Jesus went to the synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown, he received the scroll and began reading from the prophet Isaiah, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
Jesus proclaimed, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The congregation was impressed with Joseph's son. You've probably heard me say that that statement was a drop the mic moment for Jesus, but there was more. It wasn't until Jesus reinterpreted Isaiah's prophecy for those gathered that they realized that the good news was not only for them, but also for the Gentiles. That is when things changed in that place of worship. Jesus' intent was and is to share the good news with all who will hear. Like Naaman the Syrian healed by Elijah, and the widow from Zarephath in Zidon, who was visited by Elijah when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months. These weren't the assumed recipients of the good news. Jesus was talking about the Gentiles. And when they heard Jesus' interpretation of the scripture, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him over the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Jesus' intent then and now is to share the good news and to take it to the marginalized, to the least, to the poor, to the captives, to the blind, and to the oppressed. That was the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the seed planted with the yeast of the Holy Spirit mixed in to start the growth of the kingdom of heaven. So how do we fit in? What do we do with this? The growing of the kingdom of heaven continues with you and me, with all followers of Jesus, serving and giving, studying, sharing, caring, one person at a time, one community at a time, one church at a time, growing the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? We can and should influence where we are planted, where we are placed, where we are positioned, in our family, in our community, on our jobs, in our volunteering, in our relationships remembering our ultimate goal of bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to live as Jesus has instructed us, but we can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. Reminded about the greatest commandment, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And all these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Jesus came to educate humanity on how we are to live. The bottom line, we are called to love. I contend that our neighbor is anyone outside of ourself. So we are called to love, 
but it ain't easy. It's easier to say it than to do it. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount was clear. Pastor Robert explained last week how Jesus changed his way of communicating to people to help all better understand, more clearly understand his message, the good news. But Jesus was clear in his message when it comes to the passage about judging others. I want to share with you the amplified version of our text from Matthew 7, 1 through 5. In this version of the Amplified Bible, key words are explained and expanded for deeper understanding. Hear now. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge so that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you are sinful and unrepentant, so will you be judged. And in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment, judgment will be measured to you. Why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's or sister's eye but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother or sister, let me get the speck out of your eye when there's a log out of your own eye? You hypocrite, play actor, pretender. First get the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother or sister's eye. This passage shows us that when we choose to judge others, we are closing ourselves off from experiencing God's grace and mercy because we're putting ourselves in the place of judge, giving out, not receiving. And we may be getting in the way of others experiencing God's grace and mercy as well. I find that I'm more challenged in this area than I would like to admit. The good bad news is that a lot of the judgments that I make about myself and about others, I keep in my mind. The bad news is that I'm more inclined to express my judgments out loud with my family, and I'm still a work in progress. We are called to not judge, not to be critical of others and not to condemn. We are to have compassion. We are called to still help others, but be careful how we discern their need. I had a pastor who said that we don't have a heaven or hell to put in someone in, so we need to be careful how we treat others. Jesus stressed how hypocritical we can be when we judge, knowing that no one is perfect. We all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We need to be careful how we use our words with others. The Wesleyan way says that we are going on to perfection, but we aren't there yet. Jesus provides many examples of how to treat others, especially those that could easily be judged and not reached out to for help. Jesus responded with compassion, extended mercy, and offered grace. There are many examples that tell how Jesus didn't judge the least, the lost, or the last. The woman with the issue of blood, the Samaritan woman at the well, the demoniac, 
Jesus saying, let the little ones come to me. Matthew, the tax collector, the enemy Judas, the blind man, the woman caught in adultery and wondering where was the man and would Jesus have forgiven him too? Perhaps. Women who gave her pennies, loving those who despise you. And Matthew 25, when Jesus identifies with the least of these and said that when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Now, if there was anyone who had grounds to judge, it was Jesus. Jesus didn't always have nice things to say about others because he could read hearts. He could see through the actions of some that didn't reflect good but evil. I've always been impressed and challenged by Jesus' response to some of the faith leaders in his day, scribes and Sadducees. He described as whitewashed tombs. And later on in Matthew, how he addressed the scribes and Pharisees as hypocrites. Do as they say, not as they do. And I have to admit, I heard that advice when I was growing up and I didn't like it either. We need to be careful how we judge others and how we treat others, looking to Jesus as our example. So in my current work as pastor of community justice, not judging is a basic characteristic of our work. Our purpose is to close the justice and kindness gap, the way the world is and the way the world should be. You can learn and see all of the existing areas that we're currently focusing on. Allies for Racial Justice, our partnership with St. James, the Good Faith Network, where 30 churches in Johnson County do justice work together. Creation Care, our earth care, earth care, caring for earth now and in the future. Our civic engagement, encouraging folks to participate in our civic right to vote. A reminder that you have until this Tuesday the 17th to register, so make sure you are. QIC, our Queer Inclusion Collective, our LGBTQ plus ministry to support and advocate for our siblings. And DEIB, diversity, equity, inclusivity, and belonging. After George Floyd's death in 2020, the writing of our vision for racial justice, and this turned out to be our next step. While learning more about our DEIB work, I had an aha moment that the secular world's version of what it looks like to love our neighbor as ourself is actually Jesus' message. It begins with us as individuals, you and me. Humanity was created in the image of God. We need to develop and have and possess appreciation of the diversity of humanity. There's so much more to each of us. We are like icebergs, so much more than what we see or what we think we know about others is hidden. This example of an iceberg that shows the possible biases at work while hiring someone or just interacting with others, where we see above the water and it shows what we see and what is evident, age, race, gender, and skin color. But below the water, what we don't see is ethnicity, wealth, 
skills, belief, culture, heritage, languages, education, religion, life experiences, family status, sexual orientation, political views, personality profiles, learning style, value systems, thinking styles, sexual identity, location, social status, and talents. In my work of community justice, it appears to me that if we can come to terms with loving our neighbor as ourselves, to stop judging one another, that we respect humanity as created in God's image, that there will be no need for justice work. As humans, we are able to find grounds for looking down on someone else while lifting up ourselves. Our diversity is used as a weapon versus a tool of appreciation. Thus, we can find more grounds to judge than to love our neighbor. But we need to flip that around. Let's find more reasons to appreciate our neighbor, learn from our neighbor, love our neighbor because of the rich diversity that God has blessed humanity with. In wrapping up, for me, I learned from hindsight from my mistakes. I so desire to do my part to build the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. I'm fortunate to be in a ministry at Resurrection in Community Justice, helping us to close that justice and kindness gap. But I am a work in progress. So I, cross, I close with a sharing of a personal story, a personal learn not to judge situation that I'm reminded of over and over and over again. Let me share with you what I'm talking about. There was a family from my home church who had five sons and we were all part of the choir and they would bring their children to choir rehearsal. I judged them because I couldn't understand why they couldn't keep their children quiet to sit down and be respectful of what we adults were doing. I fortunately didn't say anything to them at the time, but kept my comments and opinions to myself. But the judgment was there. It didn't go away until I learned for myself. And as things would happen over the next 30 years, big things happened in my life. Barely married a few years at the time, we adopted a little girl, our first little girl, and added our sibling group of three. And they have grown to be nine grandchildren. And now I'm living with my youngest child and her four children. And then there's Coco, a big Labradane puppy, who's probably 80 pounds and still growing. My current living situation is one that I never thought I would be in. But when I started living my life with children, I realized I didn't have a clue what life was like as a parent living with children. And I learned that couple did a great job at parenting. I was inspired by them to try and become a better parent. And now as I reflect on that, I try to learn from my misdirected judgments and trying to become a better parent and grandparent. I do remember confessing to them and they were so gracious. And it's been a life lesson for me. So as we close, be careful how you may judge others. 
You don't know all that others are going through. You don't know their story. Do what you can to be helpful, to love your neighbor, to help build up the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And remember that we are all created in the image of God. Strive to make love the motive for living your life. Can we commit, recommit to loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself? The good news is that God will help us, that our God will never leave us or forsake us, that God will forgive us of our sins, that God will look beyond our faults and will see our needs. I close with one of my testimonial songs. My voice isn't what it used to be after a bout of COVID, but the sentiment is the same because this song reminds me to keep my judging in check, to do more loving because that's what we receive from our God. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I'll never know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where my Jesus died for me. How marvelous that grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. Let us pray. Lord, Help us to remember how you've looked beyond our faults and saw our needs. How you bless us with your amazing grace. And may we remember how you have loved and blessed and forgiven us. And may we do the same for others. Help us not to be judgmental, but to be about kingdom building living in our lives. We ask and claim this all in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said together, amen and amen. Thank you for watching this week's sermon. We'd love for you to join us again for live worship online or in person. To learn more about Church of the Resurrection, please visit core.org. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.